0: Good morning. Let's stand together. Father, good to be with you this morning. We rest, we celebrate, we worship you in spirit and in truth. Jesus, we sing to you. I search the world. we bow down before you. The heavens declare your glory this morning. And so the rocks cried out and now we cry out, holy is your name. Only you are to be praised. Only you are worthy, Jesus. We give it all to you because you've given everything to us.
1: God. You've conquered it all. Thank you, Jesus. Now may your name be magnified today. Thank you for doing all the work, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you for making a way where there seemed to be no way. All oh, the redemptive work of the cross. Now may your name be magnified. We're created Suddenly articulate, and with a thousand tongues to lift one cry, and from north to south, and east to west, we'd hear Christ be magnified. Were the Evidence and his name would burst from sea and sky, and from rivers to the mountain tops, we'd hear Christ be magnified. Oh, magnify the Lord! Let's sing We sing it all. Christ be magnified just then You can't hang me there with you. Cause death is just a doorway into resurrection life. And if I join you in your suffering, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return to glory all the angels and
2: the saints, my heart will still be singing. My song will Just let his praise arise Christ be magnified in me Sing it all Christ be magnified From the altar of my life Christ be magnified in me
1: Oh, Oh, be magnified In me, we exalt thee, Christ, oh, be magnified, Christ, be magnified.
3: Father, we are grateful for the privilege of worship today. We don't want to take for granted this moment. We don't want to check out. We don't want to run on autopilot through this time. So, Lord, even in this moment, we pause before you. We rest in you. We receive from you. And, Lord, in this moment, we enjoy you enjoying us. Thank you for that exchange that we have, that great, that beautiful exchange. And so, in this moment, our hearts are full, Lord. And for some, our hearts are full by faith because some are laboring and going through difficult times right now. Others are hitting on all eight cylinders and things are going well. So, Lord, we celebrate, whether it's a millimeter or a mile, we celebrate movement. And we ask for grace. We honor you in it today. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Great to see everybody. My name is Jimmy Pruitt. I'm the lead pastor here at the bridge. I want to welcome you out today. It's already been an amazing time. I hope when you walked in the room, you're like, whoa, something's already been happening in here. And that was the first service who was just so, so wonderful. We had a great time. I want to thank you for being here. This is kind of a heart moment for me where I just stop to say thank you for being here. Uh, Annette and I are constantly amazed at what God's doing here in our midst through the bridge through you and uh, through our guests that come in and out the neat thing about being in a resort community like Fredericksburg is we have so many people that come in and out who are traveling through and we're always blessed to have them and welcome them into our family and hopefully it starts a relationship for the next time they're in town they come and hang out with us and, and get time with us and we get to know them over time but I want to say thank you for being here and I really mean that And if you're watching online, thank you for being with us online. I want to ask you to do something. If you're watching on Facebook, check in with us. We love to see where you're from. In fact, we had some friends from California that we got to meet last night and on Friday night. Uh, In fact, just a little pause for a moment there. So Andrew and Becca Heizer are now officially married. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Yay. And so we got to marry one of our amazing young couples, such a godly wedding, and Jesus in the middle of it, and it was so sweet because some of our California friends that are connected to Becca and her family, they were with us for the first time, so we got to meet them. So it's always fun when we get to meet our online family as well, and it's just such a reminder for all of us that that you're real. You're not just a little screen... little. Dial I'm looking at, or a lens, you're actually there. So thank you for being with us, and we love you. If you put where you're from, I always go back through that on Sunday afternoon, and I pray over those names. So you get prayed for if you check in. Just so if I know you're there, so do do that. We just want to want to walk with you and do what we can to encourage you right where you are. Just as a reminder, we're going to have communion in just a little bit. So if you want to get your elements together and be with us and participate, we'd love that. If you look on the screen, uh, for those of you online, there is a. Uh, email address there, info at bridgefbg.com. And if you have any prayer prayer needs, prayer requests, if you'll send those into that, we'll get that out to our team because we want to pray for you. As a reminder for you that are here as well, if you have prayer needs and prayer requests, we want to stand with you and pray with you. And so if you would, on your way out, stop by the connect center there and uh, fill out a a prayer card and then you can either hand it to the nice person there or put it in any of the black boxes there and we'll get those after the service we'll get those out to our prayer team uh, via email so we're glad to do that we want to walk with you if you are a first-time guest we want to welcome you to the bridge and could we welcome our first-time guests with a hand clap (laughs) okay thank you for being here Great to have you. Thank you for sharing your morning with us. And Wendy's got something. We just have a gift. We just want to say thank you for being here with us. And so we have a gift. It's got all kinds of good good stuff in that bag and goodies. So thank you, Wendy. If, if you would, on your way out, stop by the Connect Center as well. Fill out a Connect card, and we'll give you one of our gift bags. And just that's our way of saying thank you for being with us. So I just want to uh, now enter into a time of prayer and just thanking God for what he's up to. If you have your VIP card, I want to invite you to take that out right now. If you don't have one, are on on pretty much every flat surface in here, there's one on all these tables and whatnot and out there as well. So be be sure and pick one up. And what this is, we believe that God puts people on our heart to pray for. Do you believe that? God puts people on your heart to say, I want you to pray for them. I want you to be a peacemaker, an intercessor for them. And so uh, this is just a simple tool. There There are seven blanks on each side, 14 total on one side, We're praying for those who don't know Jesus to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so you can put in those names there, whoever God's put on your heart. On the next side, or the other side, we're praying for people to reconnect, people who've gotten away. We want them to reconnect with Jesus first, obviously, but also reconnect with the bride. And so whether it's here or somewhere else, uh, we just want them to be reconnected and find community again. And so we want to pray for them as well. Also, while we're doing that, we love to pray for our Church of the Week. So each week, we Pick a different church to pray for. During the pandemic, we prayed for everybody, but now that we're back and kind of moving out of that and moving on with life, uh, we're going down our list, and we're getting our list from the Gillespie County Ministerial Association, which I'm a part of and involved in, and so we're starting with those churches. So we're praying for Pastor George and Brenda Lumpkin today from Fredericksburg United Methodist Church. I always say this, if you see them in the community, tell them our church prayed for them. It means a ton to them. Casey uh, from over at Bethany stopped me and And even brought it up at our last uh, GCMA meeting. Thank you for praying for us. Somebody stopped me and actually it was Amy and and says, you know, we prayed for you. And he said, it made my day. So so do that. We need to be praying for one another. Amen. Walking together in this thing. We are killing the spirit of competition in the body of Christ right here by what we do here in this moment. So we're going to lift up Pastor George and Brenda. If you know Pastor George, he's got the dry sense of humor of any human I've ever met. He's hysterical, but you don't know it until you're, is he joking or is he for real? So he's just a great guy. I love love walking with him, and so we want to pray for them. Also want to pray for our nation. So would you bow your heads and join me in prayer? Father, we pray for those on our VIP cards. These are very important people. They're important to you because you put them on our heart, because you hold them in yours. So we pray. We pray for salvation. We pray for a reconnect. God, they would find peace and grace forgiveness Lord would move away from condemnation and judgment and sorrow and wait Lord but find hope and life in Jesus again so we hold them up to you we lift up Pastor George and Brenda Lumpkin Fredericksburg United Methodist Church thank you for the privilege of walking arm-in-arm with them to advance the kingdom right here in our own community in this area in this region we hold them up and we bless them, Lord. I ask, Lord, that as the water level rises throughout the city, not just literally like it did over the last few days, but even spiritually in the spirit, Lord. Uh, Lord, as the water level rises, spiritual growth, spiritual hunger, awakening, revival, outpouring, Lord, it would rise in every church in our community, every church in our region would experience this outpouring of your presence and ultimately a harvest And so we hold up, Pastor George. Thank you for his leadership as he's our president at the uh, GCMA. Bless him and bless them as they gather today. And, Father, we pray for our nation. We are a nation in crisis. We need you. We need help. And we call out to you on behalf of our nation. Your word says, "If My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. You will literally... Hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and you will heal our land. And we appeal to you. We come come in a spirit of appeal. Would you heal our land, Father? We need you. In Jesus' name, everyone said Amen. amen and amen. Just to give you an update on some things that are going on. we got lots of things going on. First thing is on this Wednesday night, we're having our night of worship, and I'm going to just tell you what I told the first service. So a lot of times you come in here and you think, oh, here's my seat. Well, there's people in the first service who think your seat is their seat, and vice versa. So I told the first service, you might want to get here early because this place is going to be packed. On Wednesday night. It starts at 630, but I get here a little bit early until you want to connect and fellowship and hang out. It's going to be a sweet time together. Come as you are, but do come in time to get your seat, you know what I'm saying, or somewhere close. So just come, be here. Uh, We don't want any fights over a seat or anything, first and second service, but our first service is pretty full this morning, so I mean, that thing's growing, so you might want to be here a little earlier than normal. So anyway, that's uh, just a solid uh, evening of pure worship. We go after God. We probably turn the volume up maybe one or two louder. And we just have a great time of joy and celebration. And then we're integrating the National Day of Prayer because it's the next day on that Thursday afterwards. So we're going to have a time in there where we pray and we worship in a very peaceful place. So so come with great expectation. And if you have anybody you want to invite, invite. And I said this in the first, so I think it's important. But we we invite you to invite your friends but the goal isn't to get people from other churches here to our church the goal is worship as the body of Christ so if you invite your friends that come from other churches remember we're not trying to get them here we just want them to experience maybe a fresh style of worship that their church doesn't get to participate in because they're running in a different lane God bless them all amen and but maybe this would be a a great time for them to experience a different expression of worship and if that's your friends and somebody you know then feel free to invite them I'm going to invite the pastor's And usually we have one or two pastors come out for our our night of worship. So uh, I'll get that word out, and we'll probably see several of them here as well. So do come. We're going to celebrate and have a great time. Uh, Number two, on Sunday, May 16th, we have our Bridge Life membership class again, May 16th, you register online or at the Connect Center. If you want to know what we're about, our mission, vision, values, who we are, where we came from, and and where we're going, that's a great time to hang out with us. So there'll be a meal provided, so you do have to register, pre-register. That lets us know how many provide meals for, and it'll be right after the second service. And then the next one is we have our men's and women's events. We had these scheduled last year, and then COVID-19 happened, so we bumped them a year, so we're back on with that. So, on um, Saturday, June 26th, that evening, you can see uh, we're not having Dr. Phil here to speak. We're having the guy next to him, Kenny Alonzo Baseball player, baseball coach, great guy, ran the Y for all of Nashville, Tennessee. They're from Nashville. Uh, so Kenny's going to speak to the men, I have him as a guest speaker, share some of his testimony that evening at 6 p.m. We're going to meet back here. We have a barbecue. Have a great time. And uh, so come out. Be a part of that. Register in advance. Guys, there's no cost for the guys' uh, event. You can register there at the booth or online. For the ladies... So, the ladies are meeting uh, that morning at 10 a.m., same day. So, the ladies will meet in the morning and the guys at at night. And the ladies are meeting from 10 to 2. And Becky Alonso is going to be the special speaker there. She's amazing. She's a powerhouse for God. I mean, like on fire. But she also authored a book called Devil in the Seventh Pew. Some of you have read that book. It is an amazing, nail biting kind of read. And it's a true story of a, of a tremendous tragedy, and yet how God brings victory out of tragedy. Great book to read, by the way. And so they're actually making it into a movie now, so they're working on all the preliminary for that, so it will be a movie, a feature film as well. So uh, so Kenny and Becky will be with us, and then on Sunday morning, that next day, uh, Becky will be sharing her testimony. She'll have the time together, we'll worship, and then Becky's going to share her testimony. You do not want to miss that, so be a great time to bring people and so for the ladies do worship uh, do worship do uh, register online and for the prices it's 25 for the ladies before June 1st 35 after June lunch a luncheon is included so that's that's a good full day event there all right so that's what's going on just wanted you to know that and now uh, we want to shift gears to communion and celebrate what Jesus is up to in our lives. If you're online, be sure to get your elements together and uh, participate with us. Now, if you didn't receive a cup when you came in, we've got who we have in the back. I see Dustin, I see Amy, I see Jason. Okay, they're going to be coming up the aisle. If you didn't pick up a cup on the way, way in, raise your hand. They'll get a cup to you. And I do want you to know this. We practice open communion here at the bridge. So maybe you've never even received or taken communion. We want you to know that you're free at the table of Jesus. Here's what we ask of anybody and everybody who receives communion. Would you just come with an open heart? Just come with an open heart. That's it. There's the prerequisite. Just come with your heart wide open. And maybe you've never done it, but we invite you to the table of Jesus and to celebrate communion with us. So as they're coming down, I want to share a couple of things with you. First of all, I had the privilege of doing the wedding, officiating the wedding of um, Andrew and Becca last night. And I had the joy and the privilege, and it is a privilege, of giving them, serving them their first communion as a couple, as a husband and wife. And that was their first act at the end of the ceremony. uh, They received communion. What was beautiful about that moment is that our student ministry worship team uh, did a song at that time, our Catalyst students. They did a fantastic job, set the atmosphere. It was beautiful. Jesus is right there in the middle of everything. And then I had the privilege of serving them communion. And it was such a sweet, precious moment watching them take communion together for the first time. And they'll do it hundreds of times throughout their lifetime. But I was honored to be there, and those witnesses and friends and family got to see that, that first time together. And it was such a reminder of how sweet, how precious, how important communion is for those of us who follow Jesus. When Jesus was with his disciples on the night before he was betrayed, he was with him and he was. they were in a place of celebration. Now, Jesus knew what was happening. He was about to be betrayed and outed, so to speak, and he was about to be, um, he was in the last week of his life as the name that we have in the Scriptures, the Son of Man. In other words, he was Jesus in the flesh, and he knew that he was stepping into the last week of his life And in that moment, he did something really remarkable. So I want to help you. If you're here, you can go ahead and open these. Peel the top, clear layer first, not quite all the way off. That'll keep that intact. Then peel the gold layer very carefully and slowly and gingerly and all that. So while he's with them around the table, he says, When you come together like this, and I love those words because he's capturing a moment there. Last night when I was with them and, and I got to eavesdrop, I was right there with them, of course, and everyone else is standing around and sitting and whatnot. And I just had that picture of my mind of the joy of Jesus and the idea of us celebrating. The word communion means common union, our communion, our union with Christ. And in this moment when we receive these elements, We're we're celebrating. We're remembering Jesus. That's what he asks us to do. He says, when you come together like this, remember me. And so we're remembering Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the privilege of communion, the privilege of pausing, the the privilege of remembering. So, Jesus, we celebrate you. We honor you. We're grateful that we get to have a relationship with you. You're not a distant God. You're not a God on a, on a pole or a God. It's just a, an icon or an idol. You are Christ in us, the hope of glory. Thank you for that. We celebrate you as we receive these elements, the bread, which is the body of Christ, the juice which represents the blood shed for the remission, the removal of our sin. We're we're grateful today. We remember in Jesus' name, amen. can take the elements. Amen. Would you do us a little favor and hang on to those? You can put them by your seat or whatever. But after the service is over, would you mind putting those in any of the trash receptacles on your way out? That's really helpful for all of us who come back and clean up. So thank you for that. So now we want to uh, uh, dismiss our kids to their Bridge Kids classes. So let's pray for them as they get ready to go to their classes. Father, we lift up our children, bless them, encourage them, cover them. And Father, would you give us the grace to steward their destinies well. So we bless them, encourage them. And for our teachers and those giving oversight and those helping in the classes, Father, would you bless and encourage them. And Lord, even anoint them to bring hope and life to these children. And as they are custodians of their destiny, we bless them. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen. Can we clap for our children as they go to their classes? They're dismissed. <laughs> amen. Amen. As they're heading to our classes, I want to pause for a moment and just say thank you for your continued generosity. And we're going to talk about generosity for a minute right now. And I just want to say thank you. We're, we're amazed every week at, at how blessed you are and how blessed you are for contributing giving sowing because you're making a difference i want to show you on the screen the names of the ministries that we support on a regular basis, financially, resourcing. Many of you participate. I know we had some go on a recent uh, Mexico trip with Mission de Candelia, and that's an awesome thing. But many of these ministries are making massive impact across the globe, around the world, and then some locally. And so I want you to know something. We don't give to the church. We give through the church. And we get the privilege of blessing, resourcing and supporting these ministries but what we also want to do is pray for these ministries we want to hold them up in prayer Not just through giving, but through celebrating who they are and what they're doing. You see some of the pictures on there of amazing things that are happening, again, across the world. Because you, because of what you're doing here, you're making a difference across the world. Never underestimate what's happening with our loaves and fishes when God touches them. Amen? Making a difference. So I want to thank you for that. So if you're giving today, you came prepared to give. You'll notice the receptacles on the doorways, the black boxes, and we're gonna worship together and celebrate this beautiful song, talking about this great, beautiful, amazing exchange that we have with him. And while we're doing that, you're dismissed to go and uh, give your offering. Would you speak a blessing over it as you do? For those of you that give online, thank you. For those of you watching that are giving online, thank you for doing that. You can always do that through the through the app, Church Center app, or online through our giving portal on our website. So let's pray. And give thanks to God for what he's doing. Let's all stand together as we get ready to worship. Father, we honor and bless you. Lord, thank you for the privilege of giving. And the privilege of resourcing and blessing all these ministries, Lord. And what's going on here locally as well. So we thank you. We are cheerful, as the word says. Actually, the word means hilarious. We're hilarious givers, Lord. We get to do this. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Amen and amen. Let's worship.
1: distant, disillusion, I was lost and insecure, and still mercy for from my attention. You were waiting at the door, then I let you. Trading your life for my offenses for my redemption you carried all the blame and breaking the curse of our condition when perfection took us
3: It is a beautiful exchange, isn't it? Father, we're so grateful. We get to trade in our old stuff for new. We get to trade in our old heart for a new heart. Our old mind for a renewed mind, the mind of Christ. Lord, you renew us, you restore us, you heal us, you reconcile us, you bring us back to your original intent because of what Jesus has done not only in us for us but through us and we are so grateful we love you father as we turn our attention to the word of God I'm asking as a favor open our eyes that we may see our ears that we may hear and our hearts that we may know the truth that makes us free in Jesus name everyone said amen amen you can be seated College student Howard Payne. Every spring break, we would go on these mission trips. We'd prepare months for it. So I was a ministerial student, and me along with 80 to 100 students would be preparing, getting ready. And when spring break arrived, we had our rolls down. One time I went to Wyoming. I was a worship leader. Another time I got to go preach. So we would go from Brownwood, Texas, up to Wyoming on a very long bus ride. I'm just saying. Two buses, actually, and, but we had the time of our lives, and it was a blessing. So every spring break, we just gave up our spring break to go serve and preach the gospel. And it was amazing how God used all of us young college students, totally green, totally wet behind the ears, totally naive spiritually, to, to bring people to Christ. People got saved, and we'd come back and celebrate. It was amazing. Well, one year, they switched it up on us. Instead of going to uh, Wyoming, we went to Wisconsin and I was like, what's in Wisconsin? I know about Milwaukee. It's about the only thing I knew, and I know the Great Lakes are right there, but we ended up, my assignment as a team player, and I was actually this time not preaching. I was leading worship, but we went, three of us, to Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Anybody ever heard of Manitowoc? Well, all right, good. So a few of you, if you ever see the ice makers, you know, in a store, it'll say Manitowoc on it. So, I mean, there's a big factory there, huge shipping yard, shipping lanes. It's a Really odd. It's like going to another country almost, and especially if you were raised in Texas like me, and so we went up there, and we were just like wide-eyed and wondering what was going on, and so we would stay with people. We didn't stay in hotels or anything like that. We would stay with people, so you kind of never knew is it the luck of the draw, who you're going to end up with and what it was going to be like, and so uh, when we got there, we flew into, Ma- into Milwaukee, and then we by bus or van, we ended up in Manitowoc, Two Rivers area, And while we were there, we were escorted or taken to the house that we were going to stay in. And as we drove up, we were like blown away because it was actually a church. And a man had bought a church and converted it into a house. It was really cool. We were like, wow, this is crazy. We get to stay in a church house, house, church. I mean, it's really neat. And so we walk in and we meet Bud Hahn. And Bud Hahn was in his late 70s. Now, you have to understand, at the age I'm at now, that looks like we're just getting started, right, family? Come on. We're just unpacking our bags, right? We're just getting going. We're getting warmed up. The car's just getting broken in. So, it, so trust me, every year it gets younger and younger. But when you're a college student, somebody in their 70s looks like they might as well be 150, right? I mean, that's just the way it was, right? So, we walk in, and I'm, I'm wondering, what kind of week is this going to be with this with this older man? And... Here's what I didn't know is until we got up there is that there's a lot of Catholic up there, wonderful Catholic families of Catholic people, strong tradition, but also Dutch Reformed is huge up in that area. And Bud was of Dutch descent and had been Dutch Reformed all his life, very proper, very prim. We walk into his place, it's absolutely spotless. I'm thinking, well, how nice he cleaned up for us, right? So it's very cool. Three college guys, you know, he cleaned up for us. I'm like, that's not gonna last. But anyway, we go in, and the first thing Bud does, he gives us a little tour of the house and he gives us the ground rules. I mean, serious, like this is I mean, there was a towel sitting by the lavatory. When you use the lavatory, you were to wipe it down and clean it up. I mean, this man had this place spotless. I realized very quickly this was who he was. He was not doing this for us. This is how he lived. And with us coming into his house, he expected us to to obey the ground rules. He also let us know that we would get up promptly, not get up at 7, but be ready for breakfast at 7 a.m. He's talking to college students on spring break here. We're like, what? I mean, we're like, it's a little scary at first. And uh, let me tell you what happened. So we go to bed that night, and everybody's got their own room because it's a big old church house. And so we're all in our own rooms and set our alarms to get up. We go in. We get ready. And when I wake up in the morning, my little alarm goes off. And when I wake up, I hear piano music running through the whole house. And what he had done, which I didn't realize the night before, but He had put speakers in every house, and he had it hooked up to a cassette deck. Anybody remember cassette decks? He had it hooked up to a cassette stereo component system. And uh, every morning, right before our alarms would go off around 6, he would start this music by a guy named Michael Jones called Pianoscapes. You may have heard of it, Sunscapes, Pianoscapes. It's really cool music. In fact, I still listen to it all the time. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. So we got up, we go in there for breakfast, and you can smell bacon and eggs cooking up. We walk in there. I just made somebody hungry. We walk in there, and the table is spread out, and it looks like a banqueting feast. There's fresh fruit. There is fresh flowers. This is March in Wisconsin. I'm not sure where he got the flowers. Fresh flowers, fresh fruit on the table, full spread, bacon, eggs. I mean, you name it, he's got it. And he's got this music going, and we sit down, and he says grace over the table. Our whole week looked like that. And what was so remarkable is what I realized is that that man wasn't doing that to impress us or to host us. This is how he lived. And what Bud did and what God did through Bud Hahn that week imprinted my life. And I realized this was the kind of man that I want to be like when I grow up. Let me ask you a question. Have you had somebody in your life, or maybe a line of somebody's, in your life that imprinted you like that, where it wasn't so much that he preached Scripture over us or principles or lectures, it's this man lived differently than most of the people I've known. What I realized over the next few days as we were doing our revival services at night and he would take us to church is that this man carried peace. He was a man of peace, a peacemaker, a peace carrier. And whenever Bud Hahn would walk into any room, it was as though everyone in the room saw the peace that he was carrying and everyone in the room felt the same way. It's going to be okay. You ever known anyone like that? Who when they walk in the room, you just felt at peace? Why? Because they're carrying peace. They're peace carriers, peacemakers. When they step into a room, step into a situation, step into a scenario, peace comes over the room. And it's kind of an it is well. And those kind of people carry this spirit on them that wherever they go, they leak out the life that's in them. Peace comes out of them, and it touches everybody in their path. And that week, the peace that Bud Hahn carried touched three young preacher boys, and we were never the same after that. I think of him often. I'll think of him when I'm seeing water spots on my my faucet in the bathroom. I'll grab my towel and clean it off. He imprinted me to that degree. Why? Because he's a peacemaker. We've been going through the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, those early verses. And we're up to verse 9 now. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Now... If you follow my writings on Facebook, I write uh, Devo every day. I also put it on our website as well as Daily Devotionals. If you want to go look at those, I do them five days a week, sometimes on the weekends, but definitely Monday through Friday is my, my regular. And all this last week, I've been doing everything I can to highlight women in the Gospels who were transformed by Jesus Christ. Why? Well, Mother's Day is coming up, so I'm elevating women, praise God. But here's another thing. Jesus elevated women. He was the ultimate. In fact, it was a woman who first, was the first evangelist in the Bible who announced Jesus' public ministry was a woman and a Samaritan at that. For those of you who don't know, Samaritans were those dirty Gentiles that Jews didn't mix with. We're told to stay away from in fact, they had some pretty serious headbutting over where the temple was and and where the original temple should be and and oh man, it was a mess. But Jesus takes a woman, elevates her, breathes life into her, and then sends her off to announce his public ministry. Jesus touched lives and he elevated women in a patriarchal society and culture. So, isn't it interesting that in this verse that we're about to look at, turn to Matthew chapter 5, we'll have it on the screen, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, seeing the crowds, he, Jesus, went up on the mountain and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. So, you can picture the Sermon on the Mount, that's what it's called in the first, uh, it's chapters uh, 5, 6, and 7 in the Gospel of Matthew, and picture a ridge overlooking a stunning lake, and you're looking at the Lake of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. And on that ridge, was, it was considered the wilderness, even though there was a community, a few steps away. Think about Nacho Libre when he went to the wilderness. Remember that? It's kind of like that. You know, he's out in the wilderness. Remember, he's suffering, and then his buddy comes over, hey, Nacho, and he's like right there. I mean, and he waves at people in the town. It's kind of that. When Jesus would withdraw and go to be alone, he would step out of the community there, and he would go up to this hillside, this ridge that overlooked the lake. Lake's stunning. It's inspiring. It's beautiful, blue, surrounded by hills, and very fertile and green. So it's not what you think about Israel. It's gorgeous and so that's where he was inspired that's where he would meet with his father for prayer so now Jesus when he's going to release this amazing teaching which we call the sermon on the mount he gathers his disciples on that same spot And you can go there today, it's amazing to see it and and see where he was and get an idea of what that looked like and how inspiring it was. So there he's on that mountain, his disciples come to him. Verse 2, he opened his mouth and taught them saying. Now we've already gone through those other preliminary beatitudes. And just to give you a heads up on what a beatitude is, very simply put, it's a word that comes from a Latin word meaning blessedness. That's what it means. So, if you've ever wondered what beatitude is, I like to say, "Be attitudes—the attitudes in which we should be." That's what they are, and it's a state of blessedness. And I love this: the phrase "blessed are" implies a current state of happiness or well-being. In other words, in Hebrews chapter 11, when the writer of Hebrews says, "Now faith is," what Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter 5 now blessed are you. Now. Isn't it cool to think about heaven and go, man, when I get over to Beulah land, cross the Jordan River, I'm on the other side, you know, all these beautiful romantic ways we say it. Isn't it great to know it's going to be amazing? But here's the beautiful part. It can be amazing now. Heaven is here now. We don't wait until we die and then I mean, we just live on autopilot our whole life and then all of a sudden we're in the presence of God. We get to enjoy his presence right now. Blessed are we now. So he launches in to this lineage of blessings and one is found in verse 9. That's where we are now. You can go back in our archives on our website and pick it up if you want to go back and listen to the others. He's talking about this today. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Now, all the women are going, okay, that's great, sons of God. You know, I'm a female. I thought Jesus elevated women. So let me tell you something. Here's the problem with interpreting Scripture. First of all, we have a saying around here, and it's this. Context is king. Can I get an amen on that? So we don't, like, lift Scriptures out and go, okay, I'm going to make this say whatever I want, because you can do that, you know. It's called eisegesis. It's eisegeting a text. So we're not doing that. We're actually saying, what is the history behind here, and why does this not say what we think it says? Because what it sounds like is that now Jesus is elevating the sons, the men, the sons of thunder, James and John, you know, the guys, the dudes, the bros. But when, in fact, what he's saying here, and anyone in the first century would have understood this, it hearkens to Galatians chapter 3. It hearkens to Romans chapter 8, where it talks about the spirit of adoption, Or what is the spirit of sonship? Now, when we talk about the spirit of sonship, we're not talking about a male versus female. We're talking about rights, empowerments, and entitlements. In the spirit of adoption, the male child, you got to understand, it was a patriarchal society, so they understood this. When Jesus said... Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Some modern translations try to make the ground level and say children of God. That's not what it says. He intentionally said sons. Why? To elevate men? No. But to elevate women to the place and stature of the same rights, same empowerments, same entitlements as men. Ladies, he said this on your behalf. Can I get an amen from the ladies? Come on. This is for you. He's saying, you get the same rights, you get the same position, you get the same status. You hold the same value that the culture has said you don't hold. Jesus was elevating women in this very word. But at one rating, and entire denominations get built off of this stuff. That's why it's so important that we understand the word of God and understand that we think from a Western Greek mindset. But the Bible is written from an Eastern Hebrew mindset. It's not the same, family. This is why we're to rightly divide and handle the word of truth. Can I get an amen? So we unpack this and we realize he is valuing women with this statement. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. It's the spirit of adoption in which we walk in. So ladies, are you included in this? Absolutely you are. Men, move out of the way. Make room. Got to get an amen. Let me give you the definition of a peacemaker. Listen to this. It's the Greek word irene, but it's actually the twin word of the Hebrew shalom, which most of us have heard shalom. Shalom, shalom, especially if you watch The Chosen. They're all saying shalom, shalom. But you've got to get into the meaning of it because it's so rich. So it's the same word. So a peacemaker is one who carries, makes, or presents shalom or irene. So in the Greek, it means to join, to bring together. I love this. Think about something that has been disintegrated to becoming integrated. I'm going to say that again. Get a word picture. Something that has been disintegrated to now integrated, coming together, being whole. Listen to this. Peace is literally or figuratively, by implication, prosperity. So if you've ever heard me define Shalom, I'll always say shalom, and I'll say shalom means nothing missing, nothing broken, whole. That's what prosperity means. We got this idea, we default because of religious, I call them vaccines, that inoculate us to truth. We've been taught that prosperity is a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing because it's a biblical thing. Boy, I got no amens right there. My point is made about we're fearful of that word because somebody ran off on a rogue trail. We suddenly want to put that, marginalize it. Devil, good job. You did a good job on that one. What he's done, he's inoculated us to the very thing God has called us to, and that is prosperity in this sense. Prosperity is the integration of that which has been disintegrated. Are you with me? So when he says this, Those who promote God's messianic peace, Jesus being the prince of peace, a peacemaker, promotes this integration of life. This integration of that which is not whole to that which becomes whole. In other words, wherever you go, family, if you are a blo- I want everybody to look at me for a sec. If you are a blood bought child of God, you say, "I name the name of Christ." I've been born again. I've been baptized. I'm walking with Him. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. And when we worship, I tear up because that means something to me. If that's you, you are a peacemaker who is a peace carrier. And wherever you go. Whatever environment you step in, where you live, where you work, where you play, you are bringing peace into that place. My goodness, you can even bring peace into Walmart. Come on, somebody. You step in, man, stuff should start parting. There should be something in you, upon you, that's working through you that when you show up, the atmosphere changes, and what you're bringing is shalom, You bring it everywhere you go. Every threshold you step over, every doorway you go through, you bring peace. Why? Because the Prince of Peace lives in you, dwells in you, operates through you, and touches every person you come in contact with. So here's your assignment. This week, wherever you go, I mean, if you walk out of your bathroom, into your bedroom, into your living room, down the hall, into your kids' room, wherever you go, if you rock the kitchen, whatever you do, wherever you step into that's a door or a threshold, picture in your mind, use your sanctified imagination, and picture yourself bringing peace into that room. Now, Here's the thing, that sounds a little silly or over the top, but it's true. It's exactly true what you're doing, and when he says blessed, happy are, right here, right now, are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the adopted sons of God, and they're bringing everything with them. Now, listen, we don't think about that when we walk into Walmart, but you should. We don't think about that when we walk into wherever, but we should When we get out of our car, in our garage, walk into our house, step into our mudroom, go through the pantry, wherever you end up going through your utility, you should think to yourself, I am bringing the peace of God into this place. And here's the beauty of it, family. When everybody look at me, this is really important. You don't have to feel it to be it. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. On your worst day, you were carrying the shalom of God. A full load family. It never runs out. You never use it up. You never leave it behind because it's not what you carry, it's who you are in Christ. And you can't change those spots. They're there to stay if you're in Jesus. Can I get an amen? So look at this. I love this. The shalom. Here's other words for a peacemaker a go between, a, a reconciler. Pulling people together. Notice the positioning. An intercessor. We have people in here who have feel a call to intercessory prayer. You know what you are? You're a peacemaker with all the rights, privileges, and that a son of adoption receives. You are a liaison, an ambassador, a comforter. Notice these words: comforter, advocate, mediator. Any of those words sound familiar? The Holy Spirit of God is the ultimate peacemaker. He carries the nature of Jesus in him. Guess who you're filled with and covered over by? Holy Spirit, that same peacemaker. And I don't care if you feel it or not. See, that's the beauty of walking with Jesus. I don't have to feel powerful to be powerful. I don't have to feel peaceful to be peaceful. I don't have to feel blessed to be blessed. Just am. Why? Because I'm all that in a bag of chips? No way, Jose. It's because Jesus is. And I step into that and walk in that. And I walk into into Walmart with my head up. Come on, somebody. Even if I show up in my sweats and bad tennis shoes, I'm walking in full of life, right? John 14, listen to this. We'll land on this. We'll get our worship team to make their way up. Don't be distracted because this is important. John 14, 25, Jesus, talking to his disciples, says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. He began to hint that he was going to be going away. They didn't quite get it, but he was hinting all along. Look what he says in verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, someone say Helper out loud. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, can we not make him what he's not, but do embrace who he is? First of all, he's not an it. He's not the false Luke. He is actually a person, the person of Jesus Christ. It's a person. He says this, verse 26 The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you some things and bring to remembrance a few things that I've said to you. No, he says he's going to teach you all things. All things. Did you know there are things written on your heart, imprinted in your mind, that you don't know how they got there? It's because the helper. And the word is called parakletos, and it literally means the one called alongside to help. So that's why he's defined or translated as helper. It also translates as comforter. It also translates as counselor advocate, mediator, they're all the same. And these are the roles that the Holy Spirit plays and lives out in your life. When you walk into any environment, through any doorway, step over a threshold, you are bringing with you the full force of the kingdom of heaven, even if you don't feel like it. Are you hearing the same thing? Please, I'm being repetitive on purpose. You don't have to feel it to be it. Walk by faith. Don't be looking for stuff. Just be. Show up, and he shows up with you, and you bring your peace. This is not complicated. You remember the KISS philosophy? Keep it simple, saint. That's what this is. The gospel is so simple a caveman could get it, like a Geico commercial. So we step into this, and we walk in, and we realize Man, I'm not feeling this, but Jesus is with me. Man, I'm not feeling like I should have even got out of bed, but Christ in me is the hope of glory, the hope, the joyful and confident expectation of a desired good. That's what hope means. And wherever you go, you bring that with you. You walk into a room, every threshold. So I'm going to challenge you for this week. Every doorway you walk through, let this be a marker. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to put this as a flag in your spirit. Now, he'll throw a flag every time you walk through a door to go, wait a minute, I'm bringing something in. I've got something on me, in me, within me that's leaking out of me. Now, remember, we say leak out, don't freak out around here, right? So we're leaking life out. We're not trying to make something happen. We're just showing up with the truth that sets people free. And the truth is, is that he lives in you. And he's leaking out of you everywhere you go. So, wherever you go, family, you are a peacemaker. Why? Because he said you are. And that's enough. Step into every doorway, every threshold, even in your home. Remember, we do this where we live, where we work, and where we play. Hopefully, that covers pretty much everything. If not, we'll add another word. If you got a better one, bring it to me. But where we live, work, and play is where we show up and we bring peace with us. I always said, and I've told Annette this a dozen times through the years, I want to be like Bud Hahn when I grow up. Do you know why? Because he's a peacemaker. It was tangible on his life. Tangible. So much so, at least once a week, I put on piano scapes over my sound system and I listened to that piano music that we woke up to every day and I moved by it and reminded that I got to stay in the home of a peacemaker and I never want to lose that, what that man taught me there's so much more to that story but don't you want to be that? Don't you want to be the person that when you show up You step into a room, people go, oh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be good. You bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, we adore you. We love you. We worship you. We magnify you. And we receive truth today, the truth that makes us free. We receive it by faith. We walk by faith. We leak out by faith. We show up by faith because we do, things happen, life happens, hope happens, and peace, peace happens. We love you. We adore you. While you got your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just, would you just ask the Holy Spirit just a simple question. Say, what do you want me to get out of this today? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to take away? Just, and then just ask him. Say, Holy Spirit, help me to embody this truth. Help me to be aware that when I go through a doorway that I'm bringing something into that place. Just ask him to help you do that. He's the helper, remember? Let him help you. So, Father, my prayer for everyone here and everyone watching online is that every doorway they go through will be a signal for us to remember that we are peacemakers. We are sons. We are fully adopted with every right, every enablement, every empowerment, every entitlement. Full adoption, full in, sons. We love you. In Christ's name. Everyone said, Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's go out and worship. Have some fun.
0: The same God who never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out Working all things out Yes, I will lift you high In the lowest valley Bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy. All my days. Yes, I. I will. Your name. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Church, Church, I will. Amen. Amen. Amen.
3: Father, we love you. We honor you. Thank you for the privilege of worship, Father. Thank you for your word, which is living and active, and sharper than a two-edged sword. We receive, we receive this implanted in the soil of our hearts, knowing it's going to bring forth a harvest. Every doorway we walk through, Lord, we're going to be bringing peace, for we are peacemakers. We love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen and amen. If you need prayer, some of us are going to be up here. Feel free to come forward.